We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, everyone, to the Week 5 uh, Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast Waiver Wire Edition. Joe Bartle and Jake Kucharski going through and getting you set for all your Week 5 Waiver Wire pickups, guys you want to target. I will discuss the Monday Night Football game as well, although that was kind of a bore at times, getting Jake updated on everything that he missed while he was watching the Packers victoriously win in overtime against the Patriots. That was fantastic, too. So everyone stick around as uh, we get things started. Here. And welcome. Welcome to the Tuesday, October 4th edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Joe Bartlett. Follow me at JB Fantasy Sports alongside me, as always, Jake Letarski. Follow me at RotoJake on Twitter. Again, waiver wire pickups for week five. We had a pretty interesting week four. If you were in shallower leagues, right, with Jamal Williams and Khalil Herbert out there, there has been some big injuries. Of course, Javante Williams, Jonathan Taylor, probably some more under-the-radar names out there to uh, consider as well. Although I would say yeah. less interesting streamer options, right, Jake, from a quarterback yeah. perspective? Yeah, and, I'd say uh, so. Fortunately, yeah, fortunately, we don't have to worry about buys just yet, but we're going to take you through that in the upcoming weeks. And it is always sad that, uh, you know, you see good players, players that you roster, players that are having or on their way to good seasons go down. You know, I'm talking about Javante Williams. That's tough. But, uh, you know, if there's anything to take out of that, there are plenty of names that uh, give us some content for this show. But there's also some usage patterns that are interesting that we'll discuss a little bit. And there are some quarterback changes, too, that uh, might change to some receivers. So we got a lot to uh, go over on this. Yeah, show. that's a good point. The quarterbacks might not be interesting, but it could affect things for the wide receivers. OK, before we get started, let's get a word from our sponsors. No House Advantage. No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic Fantasy sports platform available today. Play and pick them contests versus other people for a shot at winning big cash prizes. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot at hundreds of thousands of dollars every single week. You can test your skills versus the house and 20 times extra entry if you hit all of your picks. Bet up to five player props, over-unders, or individual player matchups across every major sport. That includes NFL, NBA, baseball, golf, MMA, Jake's MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up now for promo code NHA Wire. That's NHA Wire at nohouseadvantage.com or download the app on the App Store to get a first deposit match up to $25. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports where you can find it's not just how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. All right, Monday Night Football recap Niners win 24 9. This was an important one. Niners 1 2, Rams 2 1. 
this was in San Francisco, right? So mm-hmm. the Jimmy Garoppolo experience continues on. We've had some complaints from Jimmy Garoppolo about not having the playbook, and oh, that's why he wasn't effective against the Broncos, yada, yada, yada. Uh, Garoppolo wasn't great. Debo mm-hmm. Samuel and Jeff Wilson bailed yeah. him out and certainly did the defense too. I think this is Jimmy Garoppolo doing exactly what, you know, the 49ers are asking of him. You know, our headline said, you know, manages game to victory or something along <laughs> that line. And this is exactly what they intend to do. Um, you know, like you said, Jeff Wilson, he dominated the carries, uh, you know, 18 of the 22 rushing attempts for the entire team. You know, there's no Jordan Mason or any of these other guys. They, they limited Debo Samuel to two carries. I think that's what they want to do in a perfect world here. And uh, Wilson was just effect- as effective. So as long as he holds up, uh, they will be fine. Debo Samuel had an outstanding touchdown play, basically mm-hmm. taking a short. Roasted like, Jalen Ramsey, yeah, too. Roasted Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that, that's one for the highlight reels there. Um, on the Rams side, I think there's a lot to take away from this. Um, first and foremost, Matthew Stafford didn't seem to have a problem moving the football. Especially between the 20s, he didn't seem to have a problem moving the football. I mean, he force-fed Cooper Cup to the tune of 19 targets, which Cooper Cup caught 14 of them, looking, you know, again, like that first-round pick that we thought that he was going to be. Mm -hmm. Um, But the problem was, is once they got into the red zone, the Niners' defense, you know, tightened up, and they ended up with three field goals. And then, of course... The bigger problem was being completely unable to protect Stafford. I think the Niners at one point, or I don't know what they finished, but six sacks from five different players. Bosa had two of them. Uh, they were getting after Stafford, and he didn't really uh, he didn't really have anywhere to go for much of the night. So that was a problem. As were at the end of the game when the Niners could really dial up that pass rush, knowing the Rams had to be one dimensional. Right. Um, that's when the turnovers started to come, and uh, Stafford threw the pick six. And Stafford fumbled on the last two drives of the game. So I know that swung a lot of fantasy matchups. Those turnovers are uh, really hurting people. Um, outside of that, uh, the big stories on the Rams side. I mean, Allen Robinson, six targets, only caught two of them. Stafford barely looks his way. And then when he did, like at the end of the game, he gave him a shot in the end zone to make a play. It just, uh, you know, it wasn't meant to be there. That's a that's a real tough player to roster because 19 targets to Cup, 14 to Higby. If, you know, you, if you're at a game where right. Stafford has to throw 48 times, and Allen Robinson ends up with two passes. Granted, this is a good defense, but you gotta you have to wonder when is it ever gonna happen for Allen Robinson if it's not in a day where Stafford throws 48 times. And then the last note I have, well, I guess I have a couple notes. Uh one um Daryl Henderson again was seemed to be the uh he got the back getting more touches. He got 10 total touches compared to just eight for Akers. Um targeted more in the passing game, one less carry, but was a little bit more effective. Um, although neither Nobody was particular. They, they barely averaged more than three yards of carry, so nobody was particularly effective there. Uh, the play of the game might go to Bobby Wagner for hitting the streaker, or I guess he wasn't a streaker. I don't even know what the heck this no, guy the, was. The uh, pink bomb bandit. The, yeah, the pink bomb bandit. That's what we're calling him. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, so they, it's, it's funny because they won't show this on the main broadcast, right? Because they don't <laughs> the, want to encourage. The yeah, they don't want to encourage people to uh, do this. Or, and, you know, they don't want to give him the time of day and because they think it encourages other people. But I don't know if you show this guy getting laid out by a, basically a target from Bobby Wagner. Mm-hmm. I think that's as good of a deterrence to having people do this as anything else that you can see, because Bobby Wagner decided he was having none of this. Um, you know, the security, one of the security guards chasing him, I think blew an ACL. So that too, was yeah. another thing. So yeah, I don't, I didn't even catch what they were protesting or, or whatever it was. And even if they were, I wouldn't say it because I don't want to you know, promote some whack cause, but I don't know, to me, it just looked like a gender reveal gone wrong. And, um, and Bobby Wagner, like I said, had none of that. So hit of the night brought some excitement to what was otherwise a lackluster game. Uh, you know, the under hit by quite a bit, obviously the 49ers were slight favorites at home. So they got theirs. Um, 
you know, that's that from the game. I don't have too many other notes. Uh, do you have a lot of Kittle this year? I have a, a three or four shares. Yeah. Uh, and there's some mainly dynasty leagues uh, yeah. to some extent for it. I was mm-hmm. drafting Hawkins or Pitt. Kyle Pitts has not been great either. Yes, uh, yes, yes. Um, yeah, so the other I did have a bullet point about Kittle. The volume and production maybe isn't quite there yet. Uh, only four targets, caught two for 24. Did have at least one big first down conversion there. Um, I think a lot of that can be written off to game flow, and I think there are better days ahead for Kittle as long as he stays healthy. Yeah, and they talked about it on the broadcast a little bit. Kittle was being used more as a blocker because the offensive line is still missing Trent Williams. Maybe things change. Uh, we know Garoppolo likes to target Kittle, but when mm-hmm. Kittle's such a good blocker, ends up being a factor yeah we're going to talk about yeah. um, i mean i was going to say maybe if stafford could have converted a little bit more in the red zone or the rams offense would have been more successful made this game a little bit more competitive put the heat on san francisco to to pull away a little bit um th- then maybe we see him more involved we're going to talk about the steelers quarterback situation in just a second and and specifically deontay johnson as part of that mm-hmm. um i would be willing to trade deontay johnson for just about anything and, and be able to get something back for him mm-hmm. i don't think you can even do that with Allen Robinson anymore. Not that you're dropping Allen Robinson, but I don't know what a reasonable person is taking back or giving. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. giving up to get Allen Robinson. He's that bad of an. You athlete. throw him as like a tiny kicker in part of a trade and hope someone rids you of that because he is the definition of fantasy purgatory, right? You right. can't. I don't know. I think if, you could probably drop him in a ten-team league. I think you could get away with that. I, if someone dropped him in my ten-team league, I don't think I'd be rushing to pick him up necessarily either. Uh, maybe in a 10 team league, you get away with that, but 12 and above, you're stuck because you can't get any trade value for him. You feel a little dirty just dropping him, but you certainly can't start him. So he's just taking up space on your bench and preventing you from getting some of the waiver wire options we're going to talk about today. For sure. Uh, are you good with transitioning to the quarterbacks? Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's go for so it. We, we talked about We mentioned Brian game. Hoyer last week as a possible pickup of Mac Jones out. I didn't mm-hmm. start him in my QB uh, Flex League. That stunk because we had yep. Zappy come in after the concussion of Brian Hoyer is possible concussion. Teddy Bridgewater, interesting name to, uh, to discuss a little bit further. We're going to have to now with Tua Tagovailoa out now for week five. Kenny Pickett being mentioned, Marcus Mariota as well, too. Mm-hmm. Well, here you go, because, again, uh, Zappi was your quarterback for, with Brian Hoyer out. Mm-hmm. Mac Jones had missed that time with the ankle injury. Um, it was reported to be a high ankle sprain, but the Patriots playing coy with whether or not Mac Jones was going to actually be out there. Uh, obviously, he wasn't last week. I'm not yeah. sure his status for this week, and I'm also not sure if Brian Hoyer's status which makes me concerned because, mm-hmm. I don't know, you were at the game, Jake. Maybe you have a different perspective. I thought Bailey Zappi looked bad. And it was more like the mm-hmm. Packers' run defense was so bad that they were able to give him some Yeah. Money. Well, I think what happened is Belichick kind of catered around his game plan to – or he, he did a great job adjusting his strategy to, you know, work with Zappi's limitations uh, in this contest. I mean, on the surface, 10 for 15, 99 yards, and his score isn't too bad. I mean, take what you want to – so here's the difference between QBR and rating because I'm just looking at the box score, and this is di- interesting. His quarterback rating was 107.4. His QBR was 15.9, and obviously that takes into account, you know, some of the game results and the, uh, you know, positive plays. Um, but he's interesting. They didn't really use him as a rusher much. You know, they they gave Damian Harris 18 carries, Ramondre Stevenson 14 carries. But the reason for me that this is interesting is because they play the Lions and the Lions let Geno Smith absolutely light him up this week. The Lions are, uh, you know, they're pretty electrifying on offense, even without Amandra St. Brown. Somehow, you know, they're getting the job done, but their defense is a sieve. And uh, they're, I, I mean, I don't know about Hoyer, but Zappi would make a slightly interesting super flex play 
Um, you know, if he ended up going this week and maybe he gets Jacoby Myers back, I don't know. Maybe they work more of his rushing ability into the fold. I don't know actually how much rushing ability he has. I always thought that was the narrative on him, but, um, not a single scrambler carry here, um, mostly because Belichick carried around. The other thing I'll mention is, um, Apparently Jair Alexander is dealing with a groin injury, you know, one of the best corners in the league for the Packers. And it was one of those situations where they may probably could have played him, but uh, didn't play them just to make sure that, uh, you know, he was inactive for the game. Right. So they wanted to make sure he had time to recover. And, um, you know, this could have, I mean, if he was out there and even at 80%, I think that could have made a little bit of a difference, but it is good for the Packers to be getting the rest of the secondary reps. And, you know, they did, Largely okay. I mean, they limited the Patriots to 17 points. They got the one touchdown on a Rodgers pick six right into our end zone, which is baffling. Um, you know, there's a lot of confusion going on there. But um, but overall, I mean, whoever plays quarterback for the Patriots is interesting because they have the Lions. Um, you know, we got to talk about the Dolphins again. Tua had a pretty major concussion out for at least week five. You get Teddy Bridgewater, and it's at the Jets, then versus Minnesota. Bridgewater is interesting because he was still able to force feed Tyreek Hill the ball. I know yes. we talked about it last week where once once Tua came out of the game, Tyreek was, you know, getting visibly frustrated with Bridgewater. Now Tyreek was uh had a little bit more chemistry, you know, with Bridgewater on on all the way back on Thursday night. So when you have an elite weapon like that and the running game gets going a little bit, um, you know, Teddy Bridgewater at least becomes, you know, maybe serviceable. You know, don't necessarily love him a ton. Um, and then, of course, the other name you mentioned, Kenny Pickett. Now, that's a big one because he's almost universally available. He is very much a threat with his legs, and that alone gives him a high enough floor. I mean, that's why we were talking about guys, starting guys like Mariota, even Geno Smith, because of the, of, of the rushing ability here. Mm-hmm. And Pickett's got that. And he also seems to have some chemistry with Pickens, who we'll talk about a little bit later in the show. He's interesting. The problem with him, though, is you have to have a deep bench or you have to pick him up and maybe be willing to let him ride the bench for one more week because he plays the Bills this week, and that's a defensive matchup that you don't want to touch. The Bills are a team that, at least when healthy, have no problem getting pressure with four pass rushers, and we'll see if um, we'll see how evasive Kenny Pickett truly is. And maybe it's a bigger price next week. It's more of a grab and stash here. Um, so those are the two quarterback guys that we have. There's a lot of different leagues that people play in. So I guess I'd specify if you are in one of those leagues that really punishes interceptions or fumbles, right? The ones that really hurt Daniel Jones, even punishes incompletions. I think of the Scott Fishbowl, for example. Kenny Pickett might not be a guy that you can even start, much less roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of that type of stuff as the growing pains of rookie quarterback go through. He does have a bit of mobility. You're right. I think. That was more pronounced in college and probably less so in mm-hmm. the NFL. But Daniel Jones has been far more athletic than I would have ever mentioned or ever thought. So you're hoping for that scenario. Mm-hmm. The three interceptions was not great. Very first pass interception for Kenny Pickett. Uh, there's definitely questions about him as a prospect. I'm I'm lower on Kenny Pickett overall, if you can't hear that. Mm-hmm. As a result, I, I want to move off of a lot of these Steelers players. We're going to get to George Pickens later on. That's one of the ones I'm actually fine with. Fryermuth also seemed to be a pretty heavy target for Kenny Pickett, and I think that's mm-hmm. interesting to note. I say all this to, to get to the Kenny Pickett transition for the Steelers will not matter much from a fancy perspective at quarterback. Mm-hmm. 
but it's the pass catchers and maybe even Najee Harris, I think, uh, change a little bit for yeah. this rotation. It's it's the unknown with Pickett necessarily, and we got a decent sample size this week. But if he ends up again, I don't, I'm not necessarily calling this would happen, but there's an unknown that makes him attractive in a similar sense sense as like uh, maybe Deshaun Watson's rookie year or oh, something. Josh Allen, for, yeah, for example, yeah, that, that exactly. Vikings, that yeah. that suddenly, I mean, if you're someone that lost Trey Lance, then maybe tried to go to Tua. And then, you know, you're, you're streaming around with Geno Smith and, uh, you know, Mariota and those types of players. Mariota is another one that I could see, you know, the plug getting pulled there, you know, depending on how Atlanta goes. But anyway, yeah, it's the unknown that maybe this could be your guy mm-hmm. um, that ends up filling that position the rest of the year for you if you're down a quarterback. So, th- you know, that alone makes him a little bit attractive there for me. Now, um, it's a rough week for streamers, for quarterback streamers. <laughs> so that's why we spent quite a bit of time on the two quarterback guys. I wrote down Geno Smith at 13%. I probably have some recency bias in the fact that he's coming off a game against the Lions, but he had some success with both he's Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. He's, um, you know, we thought the Seahawks were going to be, you know, completely trash. I think we might have both taken the under on them. And, uh, you know, they're going to have it. it. They're going to have it by about halfway. Um, the tough part is, is Geno Smith is at New Orleans this week. That's a tough spot to play. Um, you have to temper your expectations there. But he does follow up the Saints matchup uh, with um, with uh, Arizona and the Chargers, both defenses who have looked vulnerable. And he's actually QB 10 through the first four weeks in fantasy. I don't think Jimmy G or Stafford took him over last night. I didn't recheck that stat. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, QB 10 obviously coming off the Detroit matchup helps. And, again, you know, to full circle, that's why we were discussing, um, you know, the Patriots options because of that matchup against Detroit. But Geno Smith, I mean – if he he's, has to be one of the top pickups this week. Now, granted, there aren't bye weeks this week. We'll get into that next week. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, streamers will be more important. But, you know, I'm looking down the rest of the list of streamers. I don't want to touch Fields, 43% in Minnesota. Not really interested in Jimmy G, 28% at Carolina. Slightly better matchup than this week. But, uh, you know, your ceiling's pretty limited there. Mariota's 26%. He always gives you an interesting fold. But he lost, you know, Cordero Patterson this week. Um seems unwilling or the coaching staff seems unwilling to get Pitts involved and they're at Tampa Bay. Now granted Tampa Bay got lit up by the Chiefs, but I do not think that's Yeah, Mariota's not in Mahomes. I think it's yeah, fair to say. Exactly. I mean you can look at the Giants who are it's technically a road game. They're at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Uh you know Daniel Jones left the game with an ankle injury. Then Tyrod Taylor came in, left with a possible concussion. Then Jones came back in. I don't know if I want to mess with that against the Packers, especially if they travel Jair Alexander and are healthy. Baker Mayfield, 13% against San Francisco. No chance. There's a little bit of upside maybe with Zach Wilson, 10% rostered at Miami. Miami has been lit up a couple times by quarterbacks, but usually I think it's because their offense has been playing so good and opposing quarterbacks have been playing from behind. So I don't know. Wilson's got a little bit of that Kenny Pickett in him that like, you know, maybe you take a gamble on the unknown that he suddenly turned the corner or something like that. Not super confident in it. And then it looks like it's going to be Cooper Rush again this week at the Rams. Pretty tough matchup. Jacoby Brissett against the Chargers. That's uh, maybe a little bit of a favorable matchup. But, I mean, that's what you're looking at. So, um, I'm not really starting any of those guys over your guy necessarily. And if you need a streamer, I'm probably looking I'm probably looking to Geno and I guess maybe Kenny Pickett. And we'll see what happens from there. I mean, Pickett against Buffalo. Okay, I lied. I got to backtrack. So, you know, you're looking at Geno or Teddy. I mean, that's what your streamers are this week. Yeah, I actually – don't mind Garoppolo. You mentioned at 28% against the Panthers. The Panthers are just a mess of a team, mess of an organization. I know offensively they're worse than defense, but I, that that might be one. Mm-hmm. But who are you starting? So 
Garoppolo over Rodgers? I don't know. I, I know Rodgers has struggled. I'm not sure I'm going to go that direction. Yep. Uh, the, the trip to London scares me a lot because I just heard on the radio A.J. Dillon is planning to stay up all night and play video games and then just get all of his rest on the flight <laughs> over. If that is the Packers' overall strategy as a team, they will absolutely fail against the Giants. So I'm hoping that will be not one that gets passed yeah. along. But I've is, tried that strategy before. I stayed up all night the Vegas. night before we went for Vegas because uh, my flight left at four. Works. And uh, if you remember me in Vegas, I, I violated my three-button rule. Uh, usually that's when I get the hook, when I have less than three buttons left on the shirt. Yeah, so I uh, violated the three-button rule and had to get the hook early there. So the staying up all night kind of screws with your whole uh, headspace. I, I, I don't know how much I'm taking that at face value, though. I'm just – if this is the first time the Packers are traveling to London, they were one of the last teams to do so. The fact that they lost a home game is dumb. Well, that's whatever. I am concerned because this is a team that struggles to travel West Coast. Now you add to Europe – I, I think that's going to be bad. So I actually kind of don't mind Daniel mm-hmm. Jones either if he's healthy. But the yeah. part about Daniel I, Jones. I feel like it goes the same way for the Giants. So, I mean, the Packers will have a I tough time stopping Saquon. But if they can yeah. get a lead and force, you know, the Giants to be at least a little one-dimensional, then I like where they're at. Yeah. I'm looking at the top roster quarterbacks here. I mean, who you could maybe make a case for benching Russell Wilson against the Colts, but they're at home. Um, Stafford against the Cowboys if he's going to be this turnover prone. Yeah, I mean, most of the top quarterbacks have some green in their matchups this week. All right, so we got we got to get to the running backs. The the comment section is just filling up with Tyler Algier questions, which I know you can't wait to get to, Jake. Mm-hmm. Before we do so, I want to get a word from our sponsors of Blue Wire. Again, the, the video audience, stick around, but uh, listening audience, you'll be right back in a bit here. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, and we're back. So we mentioned Jamal Williams, Khalil Herbert last week, Smash P. Ryan with the Joe Mixon possibility. Craig Reynolds kind of ended up being interesting again with uh, DeAndre Swift out like we predicted. And mm-hmm. J.D. McKissick, despite uh, whatever the commanders are doing, continues to get you six to eight points and half-point PPR, full-point PPR settings. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Much more in- interesting rotation of running backs to discuss. I'm not sure it really matters that much, too. So I'm yeah. going to – we'll outline Mike Boone, Algier, uh, Kale Puntley with the Falcons and – uh, Javante Williams and Cordell Patterson injuries respectively. Mm-hmm. And then I'll specifically toss you some questions, Jake, that we've been getting just to mm-hmm. uh, reemphasize. I think this is going to be the most important part of the week five, week five waiver wire. So mm-hmm. again, uh, Javante Williams, unfortunately announced that he tore his ACL among other things in his knee. Uh, that could be one of those like JK Dobbins things where he isn't even back by week one. We now have Melvin Gordon uh, as your lead back for the Broncos, but is he obviously four fumbles had some notable ones thus far because they've had a lot of primetime games. Uh, the, Melvin Gordon, I think, is still good talent. Got the fumble issues going on. Has been more of a runner than a pass catcher. That was Javante Williams' role. Now you enter Mike Boone, who I think can be a pass catcher and a runner. I I, I don't know. I, how, what's your percentage that you're putting for, for for a bid on him this week? Yeah, my, my problem with him is I'm looking at maybe 13 to 14%. Um, maybe a little more if you were Javante Williams, but I don't think that's going to get him. But I don't know how much more than that I'm willing to pay. And there's a, you know, a case to be made both ways. Obviously, Javante Williams isn't in the picture. I don't think that they ever envisioned Melvin Gordon getting 25 carries a game. So it's not like it is in San Francisco where, you know, Mitchell goes out and it's pretty much exclusively Jeff Wilson. I don't, I don't necessarily right. see that see that happening there. So um, Terry Davis price got injured for the Niners. Maybe it makes a difference. Oh I, yeah. Fair I, enough. I guess I see the Broncos situation. And correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Gordon's going to get, let's just say 14 carries a game and 12 carries and then a, a target or two. And then between Mike Boone and who the Broncos just signed recently, Tavis Murray, we just saw him with the saints actually be effective against the Vikings. I think Boone and Murray will combine for another 10 or 12 carries overall, mm-hmm. kind of like how the chargers are operating right now with Austin Eckler as your lead back. And then, Joshua Kelly and Sogan Michelle combining for your backup. That's what I see. But the mm-hmm. part that I think is valuable is Mike Boone is probably one of the better pass catchers of this group. Like Melvin Gordon's not bad. Mm-hmm. Again, I, I keep falling to that, but he's he's regressed over the last yeah. two or three years. This is not prime chargers Melvin Gordon anymore. So um, in the second half of this game, Mike Boone played 64% of the snaps and he had one catch uh, on three targets and Gordon only played 32%. uh, But I think, you know, that part of that is being in the doghouse for the fumble. It was a fumble six and it was pretty much one of the reasons why, um, you know, the lead became insurmountable for the Broncos at the end. Um, I think there's room to grow for this Denver offense. I think they will get better. They will absolutely get better. I mean, obviously it can only go up from here. They'll obviously get better. Judy and Sutton, both back, both involved. Um, There's room in the run game. And I just, yeah, I think you're right. The uh, Latavius Murray signing definitely worried me a little bit because uh, the Latavius Murray signing is going to cut into Mike Boone more than it's going to cut into Melvin Gordon. Now, Melvin Gordon puts the ball on the ground again. That's the other part. Then we see what happens. Then we see what happens here. So uh, Boone's absolutely someone that you it would be a priority at. He's going to be the top of pretty much any fantasy football, or arguably close to the top of any fantasy football waiver article you read across sites this week. Um, 
But I'm pumping the brakes a little bit, and I don't think that he's a 30% player that's going to change your season. You would say you got to put a keep him honest bid on Mike Boone. What is a keep him honest bid? Is that like mm-hmm. 12%? Yeah, like I said, 12 to 14% is yeah. a keep him honest bid. And again, that depends on what your drop options are too. You know, you put the keep him honest bid on there, but, you know, do you drop Michael Carter for Mike Boone? Uh, that becomes a little tough. You know, I, I'm not I'm not entirely sure about that. So, uh, you know, that's kind of the line that we're looking at here. I mean, if you're holding on a Marlon Mack, a Boston Scott, a Ronald Jones, or Javante, of course, you know, then obviously you definitely yeah. go through and make that make that decision here. But you definitely got to consider your drops. Yeah, uh, the good fella 7272 says mm-hmm. Latavius Murray is just an emergency move to fill that third option. I disagree. I think Latavius Murray is going to be a factor in the same way. Again, that's some Michelle is for the Chargers. Six to six to eight yeah. carries, whatever. I mean, it's it's not going to mm-hmm. be good, but, but he will be doing things, yeah. and, and that will cut into it a little so, like, bit more. So here's the situation: you pick up Mike Boone, he gets five carries, two catches this week. You know, five fantasy points. Then next week, you got to drop somebody to get a defense or a kicker because bye weeks are started, or you need to stream a different quarterback. You know, Mike Boone will probably be. You know, managers are going to have to make a difficult call, and Boone will be one of those guys on the chopping block. I think. All right, so if you have Jeff Wilson and then Tyler Elgier, we'll get to Elgier when he meets. You have Jeff Wilson, Elgier, and Hines, and then Connor's your one, running back one. Mm-hmm. Do you add Boone to that equation thinking maybe he plays, or is it more like a, again, keep him honest, bit even less than? Like, would that's, that a, be of running that's a no for me. I mean, you can you could do a keep him honest bid and drop your second quarterback or your uh, – or, you know, second defense, or if you're carrying anything like that, or a Javante Williams, but I wouldn't drop any of those guys for Boone necessarily. And I'm glad we bring up Algier because I, yeah, I think he's the next uh, I think he's the next casual one to go to. Now, if it was a couple weeks ago, if you watched the show with Alan and I, we neither of us were particularly high on Algier. We didn't I tried to watch like every one of his carries from the first three weeks. You know, some of those guys on Twitter condensed that awesome content out there. Um Again, I need to write these names down. But he looks to me like the vision's lacking a little bit. The timing and the vision is lacking a little bit because he was, you know, he does, he's not a high yards per carry guy. And he seems like he is, uh, now this could be on the offensive line too, but it seems like he's running straight into traffic immediately after he gets the ball. So the eye test isn't there. But like I always kind of say at the beginning when we're talking overall strategy, fantasy football, when you're evaluating these guys, I think it's 50% skill and 50% opportunity. And if you rate him 10 out of 50 on the skill and 45 out of 50 on the opportunity, you still have a player that's worth adding in a lot of leagues. And, of course, we mentioned um, that, uh, let's see, Damian Williams is already on the IR. Mm-hmm. Cordero Patterson is joining him on the IR with a knee injury. So you're looking at Algier, and then after that, you're looking at Caleb Huntley and Avery Williams. And Caleb Huntley was actually kind of effective um, in this game here. Yeah. Uh, they both had 10 carries, which was quite interesting. Caleb Huntley scored. Algier did not. Now, you see 10 carries for 84 yards. Algier, I guess uh, maybe the vision's getting better because he burst it for a 40. Yards. Yeah, he had a 42-yard uh, um, run in that game here. So I think, uh, I think I rank Algier over Boone, but he's not – he, to me, he's not a player that I think is just going to come in and save your season by any means. He's a not bad, startable pickup, you know, if you lost Javante or if you're dealing with uh, with other issues here. But, um, again, this is uh, a 16% bid, which is funny because he's 16% rostered in Yahoo Leagues. But I think he, you give him as a slightly bigger bid uh, than Boone, and, and, and that's where I stand on that. I agree with you. So I actually – you're you're putting and rightfully so. You're putting some some uh, water on the flames of Algier being a possible fantasy candidate. I understand mm-hmm. that. 
In the same way that you were discussing Kenny Pickett as a possible option because there is that unknown factor, he's a rookie. Yep. I feel the same way about Algier. I do understand the, that. The Falcons yep. use Cordell Patterson exclusively when Patterson's healthy. So they, they can't do that. There's nobody on the roster. There's probably nobody in the league that mm-hmm. can do the types of things that Patterson does. And the Falcons have been uniquely good at using it. So no, there isn't a one-for-one replacement. However, Algier is a big bruising back. That was his thing coming out of college. Maybe he doesn't read things as well. But if you were to mm-hmm. say, hey, Kyle Pitts is doing well. Drake London's moving the ball. Marcus Merritt got a read option for 30 yards. Oh, look, we are in the red zone. Of the candidates available, Caleb Huntley, Avery Williams, and Tyler Algier, it's Algier every time. Yeah, 5'11", 220. I can see that. We have have found value in running backs for less reasons than he is a big bruiser Mm -hmm. who could be a goal-line guy. Now, I know it's not the Falcons' offense being the Lions this year, right? They're they're fantastic. I actually like Algier um, far more than I like Mike Boone, and I would be more committed to doing like a – 18 to 22% of my fab budget. Now, somebody asked this, and this is, I hate these questions. I don't play in enough leagues where the fab, or sorry, where the number one waiver wire priority takes place. Would mm-hmm. you waste a number one, uh, waste is the wrong word, would you use a number one waiver wire claim on Algier? Uh, obviously, situation matters. But so the, much of that depends on team context. Just let's, let's assume Algier is going to be a running back three for this team. Would you do it? It's going to be, wait a minute, running back three? A, a for running this? back three, yes. Oh, for this team? For the for whoever's asking this question, yeah. Yeah, because it's early enough in the season that you can cycle back around and get back to the top. <laughs> okay. And so- and again, I think it's the unknown factor that you mentioned that we talked about with Pickett that, you know, maybe he maybe he proves me wrong and maybe his vision improves and he continues to improve as the season moves along. Um, we also have to keep in mind that this is a team that I wouldn't be surprised if they're the next team to go to a quarterback change. And we'll see how that affects the rest of the offensive options here. But um yeah, okay. At this point in the year. In a 12-team league, if he's your RB3, you have a reasonable drop and you're not in any kind of quarterback crisis, then I think, sure, yeah, go for it. I, I actually think Caleb Huntley is interesting as well, too. And, and a user mentioned that if you're in like the NFFC leagues or the Joe Bartles and Jake Tarski's, that mm-hmm. uh, Caleb Huntley is going to have far more value. I, I tend to agree as well. If you have roster spots yeah. available, you mentioned I'm Ronald very Jones, much going to consider dropping Jarek McKinnon for Caleb Huntley. In I, think that's, that's, that's I think that's going to be a move, yeah, because uh, – because, you know, McKinnon is, you get what you get. Pacheco's the high upside flyer that you really want on your bench here. McKinnon's someone if you got to start and hope for four points. So um, that's kind of a swap that I that I think I'll be willing to make because I'm pretty sure Algier is going to be rostered in our 14-team stake league. I'm, I'm fairly certain, and this could be a board bet if you disagree or not, they're, they're, one of these guys is going to be relevant enough where he'll be running back to or flex for however long Patterson is out. We don't know if Patterson's done for yep. the season. Like that, would, that matters to this context. I don't know if it's Huntley. I don't know if it's Algier. I think there's there's reasons to say Algier should and draft capital wise alone. If you are mm-hmm. subscribing to that theory, that's where it is. Yeah. I, uh, and I, we also, I just want to keep in mind, Damian Williams, you know, yeah, 30 years old, whatever. He moved to the IR after this rib injury. He's going to miss the minimum of four weeks here. He might be back before Patterson because I just read our most would, recent note would, as yeah. a refresher. He, um, he returned to the game in week one after leaving with the rib injury. So that at least thinks makes you tell unless something's more serious underneath that they missed. And we know team doctors will miss stuff. Um, unless something's more serious, he might be back too. So that's another maybe pump the brakes move on that. Yeah. I, I Somebody asked, do you think uh, Caleb Huntley will go less than Boone, Latavius Murley, Algier? Yes. Absolutely. I think, I think, I think in your standard 12-team league where you know owners are not quite as deeply invested, that it's not a high-stakes league, you can probably get away with Huntley as a stay up till 4 a.m., pick him up for nothing, or just throw a $2 bid on there and end up with them. 
you know, in our 14 team stake league, I think you might take like $6. So the, the issue with the stake league is that we have such shallow bench spots that it just might not be possible for a guy like Huntley to be rostered. But in the NFFC where it's 20 rosters, 12 teams, that that will be mm-hmm. a, a person that gets picked up, even if it's well, less. Yeah. yeah, and it's so um, deep that, yeah, there's definitely going to be somebody to drop there. Right. Uh, the Goodfellow 7272 is anxious, Jake, that we discussed the Colts running back situation. Uh, he's upset that we have not gotten to Naheem Hines, but not mm-hmm. really Hines because he's at 62% roster. Yeah, and we try to do that's this, the one issue. We, we yep. do this threshold where uh, we discuss guys under 50% rostered, and it's good because the good fellow did mm-hmm. uh, mention Deion Jackson. And I think let's just overall mention this context here. Jonathan mm-hmm. Taylor, we believe it's a high ankle sprain. They play Thursday. That's the yeah. big issue. Like if they played Sunday, maybe this is a little bit different. Other players, when they have high ankle sprains, are out two to four weeks mm-hmm. at minimum. Uh, but it seems like in the NFL, just this past two weeks or so with Mac Jones now and Jonathan Taylor, yeah. we're just ignoring so what the So this is such a convoluted thing because at first they said it was a high ankle sprain, but did we ever get official, official confirmation that that's exactly what it was, the dreaded high ankle sprain? I don't know if we know that for sure. And it was like it was like back-to-back tweets. Oh, you might have the high ankle sprain, which makes you think, okay, shoot, four to six weeks. And then right after that, you get, um, oh, he might be ready to play Thursday. So, like, what is that? This is completely opposite, um, you know, lines of thinking. And we had a note uh, from Jonathan Taylor, if your league uses the Rotowire uh, player news, that uh, basically they said if the game was Tuesday, he wouldn't be ready to go. Shocker, yeah. Yeah, who knew? Who, who knew? <laughs> so, obviously, in comes Naheem Hines. Um, they're at Denver. And Denver, um, for as much as the offense has struggled, the defense has had pretty good – I mean, I remember watching just the opener – against Seattle. And I guess, yeah, that's Seattle, but the defense really mm-hmm. tightened up in the second half here. And, um, you know, even though the scoreboard doesn't look great, you know, some of that was Oakland's defense scoring, uh, you know, this or Oakland, Las Vegas's defense scoring this past weekend. So it's not necessarily a cake matchup, but the way the Colts have been playing offensively um, and the fact that I'm not necessarily buying Alec Pierce as the wide receiver two behind Pittman. Um, they don't really have that much of a second receiver option. I mean, maybe Granson in the middle of the field and Mo Ali Cox in the red zone here. But Naheem Hines is very interesting. And again, 62%. This isn't going to apply to most people. I'm rostering him in our 12 team invitational um, just because I took Jonathan Taylor first overall. And I want to, and, you know, it was more of a handcuff at the time. But Hines has been interesting because he's had a little bit of a standalone value, at least in uh, PPR formats. So that's part of the reason why his uh, ownership is so high. Um, sure. But mm-hmm. again, you know, this week, week four against Tennessee, it's a tougher matchup. Um, uh, you know, he Broncos, only, right? or, or, I mean, this past week, I'm, oh, I, oh, the yeah, point yeah, I'm yeah, making yeah. is he only had 2.3 PPR points this past week in, in a week where, you know, Jonathan Taylor was banged up, but he started the year with 11.4, 7.7, 8.0. So he's interesting because Denver might be tough this week. Jacksonville next week has been definitely not as good against the run. Then after that, he's, there's three top 10 run defense again, you know, seven, eight, and nine. So just say it is the high ankle sprain. JT misses four weeks. You're going against Tennessee again, Washington, and then the Patriots all have been pretty solid run defenses, but um, Heinz is a guy I think you can definitely plug in, count on double-digit PPR points this week, maybe even regardless of the Taylor status. It's going to be a real tough week for Jonathan Taylor owners. You're going to have a situation where he's – it's the worst situation in fantasy where he's active but probably limited. So what do you do? You throw him out there. He gets five points. I guess that's what you're used to if you've had him this so far this year. You know, it's it's been that. But – I, I think you confidently can start or flex Naeem Hines and anything 12 teams or deeper yes. uh, this week, regardless of the Jonathan Taylor situation. And if Taylor, if we get more information, we know he's ruled out. 
Deion Jackson becomes kind of interesting, and I don't know a ton about him, but he is the next man up on on this roster here. I'm going to actually interject. Yeah, go for I it. I have a theory on this, and I'm not positive. I don't. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to say I don't think Jonathan Dale plays. I, if if this was Sunday, maybe this is different. Say Thursday game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Colts, looking at the record right now, would say well, let's just make sure we can win this division. I think to win the division, you have to have Jonathan Taylor completely healthy. I don't think he plays. I think it's Philip Lindsay. I actually think Philip Lindsay, he's on the Colts practice squad currently. I know he was cut for Deion Jackson, and mm-hmm. for that'll seem strange. Like, okay, well, Deion Jackson's the number three running back in the roster. That makes sense. Yep. I think Philip Lindsay is the guy that you would call up specifically for this situation to yes. give you 10 to 12 carries. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, that's where I wonder. Yep. And then Hines mixes in as the pass catcher and he's your friend. Perfect. Like, I think yeah. that's where Philip Lindsay actually so, is the most value. So I think the reason that. It was Lindsay on the practice squad and not Deion Jackson is because Deion Jackson plays special teams, right? Right. Through first four weeks, he's had, what, 44, 49 snaps on special teams, only two snaps on offense, and that was week two. They gave him two carries against the Jaguars. He lost three yards. Um, so that's a very good point. I'm glad you bring up um, I'm glad you bring up Lindsay because, uh, yeah, he is the guy that could come up and get double-digit carries. Now, do you throw him in there against the Denver defense? That's a real tough start. Revenge I don't know game. if you can do that. Revenge game. Revenge game. All right. I love so, that narrative. So Jake, Revenge game against the whole new head coach and, and, <laughs> the, and the Broncos and, yeah. organization wrong Philip Lindsay and he's gonna take it out of I'm just saying I think that's the guy over Deion Jackson that mm-hmm. if you were to say somebody on the Colts is getting 15 carries, it sure isn't Naheem Hines. I don't mm-hmm. think it's Deion Jackson. Maybe yep. Jackson factors So you're, in, but you're bidding more on Caleb Huntley than Deion Jackson. Huntley I'm, versus Lindsay is where it gets right, interesting. Exactly. And no one's yeah. talking about Philip Lindsay in this equation mm-hmm. because he's not technically on the roster. He'll get called up too. So that's right. I just think 10 carries for 48 mm-hmm. yards, you're not excited about that. Nobody, yeah. Nobody's jacked to play Philip Lindsay, and that's probably the best mm-hmm. way. Uh, but yeah. that's where I wonder if, if Philip Lindsay actually is the guy that is the main ball carrier for that offense. Yeah, so hopefully we get the core plays this week. There are a couple other quick hitters that are real close – to our threshold that I think are worth mentioning. Uh, Brian Robinson, 54% rostered. Um, remember, I mean, if you forgot, he won the job in camp. Uh, you know, that's the that's the narrative here. Now he's expected to be clear and activated this week, according to Ian Rappaport. Uh, so that makes things interesting. And over the first four weeks, this is per Jerry's article, which is fantastic, his backfield breakdown. Antonio Gibson's snap share, 64%. 54%, 44%, 41%, consistently going down. Um, I'm not ready to cut Antonio Gibson yet. I'm not even cutting him in my 10-team league, mm. but uh, I am definitely benching him, and I he could be on our cut list next week depending on what type of role Brian Robinson uh, works out there. So he's interesting, 54% rostered. He might be worth a flyer here, and people might have forgot about him with all these other hot pickups this week. Um I also have to talk about Raheem Mostert because he's only 50%. Um, so he barely fits our threshold, but he's uh, – so last week, again, this is from the backfield breakdown, 50% or more of Miami running back snaps in every single quarter, all four quarters, 72% overall compared to 28% for Edmonds in addition to a 15-5 to five carry advantage. This might be something that changes week to week. I will admit that, but somebody who is getting that type of volume and we know they have that type of skill – is absolutely worth rostering. I'd be, I'd be more excited to have Mostert on my team and maybe even start than Hines necessarily. And uh, I, I would say you I would, would put start him, Mostert over Hines. 
it's going to be really close. I mean, the volume, if you mm. think Lindsay comes in and gets 10 carries. We could call for sport bet that yeah, right now. I'll yeah. take Hines total stake league points over Raheem Mostert, and that's a half point. This week or, or next week? This week. This week alone? Yeah, okay, I'll board bet that. I'll take Mostert this week. I get a burger, great. All right, sweet. Yeah, we're going to have to be doing burgers <laughs> next week. Um, so I mentioned them. You know, we'll see, uh, you know, how offense the or how productive the offense is going to be without Tua, but I think Mostert might be the guy there. I have to mention Rashad White because I see him in a lot of spots. He's only 27% rostered, um, you know, three carries. The Leonard Fournette's three carries. Rashad White was the guy when the Patriots were in desperation comeback mode. Or the Patriots, yeah, well, the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers were in desperation comeback mode at the end of the game. He was getting all the targets. Um, for me, this is kind of a not-so-fast play because game flow dictated a lot of that. But um, Rashad White is a upside guy that is worth a bench spot here if you can afford it. I agree with you. Guys that you wanted to cut, I would have said Rashad White last week. Thank God I uh, had the mm-hmm. roster spots to do so. Boston Scott, Marlon Mack, Ronald Jones. We've been mentioning mm-hmm. a few of these people already, yeah. but at this point, and of course, Javante Williams, yep. who is done for the season. This is not a mm-hmm. Cordell Patterson situation where maybe he comes back. Yeah. Michael Carter was the interesting one that I threw on this list because to start the year, it seemed like he had the job and was getting the work and the snaps over Brees Hall, but it definitely changed this week. Brees Hall got you know, the great majority of the volume and was pretty effective. I think you can slot in Brees Hall pretty comfortably as RB2 and you're keeping Michael Carter in deep, in deeper leagues. Or if you got the entire Jets backfield, which probably normally isn't a winning strategy. Um, but uh, Michael Carter um, is going to be close in my, so in the 12 team invitational, I've only rostered four backs. They're Jonathan Taylor, Ezekiel Elliott, Michael Carter, and Naheem Hines. Um, I'm not necessarily cutting Carter for any of these guys that we talked about, and uh, they're not necessarily available, but he's getting real close to the chopping block for me. Um, I'm at, we spent a lot of time talking about running backs, and I'm actually more excited about the wide receiver availability mm-hmm. this week. So we'll get to that first before a word from our sponsor, Swagger. There are 50 million fantasy sports players and sports bettors in the U.S., but 90% of all cash prizes are won by only 2% of the players. That's because most ga- uh, sports gaming options were created for pros, you know, Dude's dropping loads of cash and data to find an edge over the rest of us. Not Swagger. Swagger is a daily fantasy sports site created for sports fans who simply want some skin in the game and a real shot at winning. Tired of losing because of one bad pick with Swagger? You don't need to be perfect to win. You can win simply by creating a ticket of 4 to 10 uh, player props and score points for ones you get right. You sc- your score determines your win, not the perfect ticket. You can be half right and all right uh, with Swagger. Swagger offers the most player props and biggest payout of any DFS site, as much as 50 times your money. Plus, you can play fantasy football along with all the other major U.S. pro sports, as well as international soccer, Formula One, NASCAR, fight sports, rugby, cricket, and even esports. They got it all. Ready to play? Visit playwithswagger.com slash rotowire to sign up, and Swagger will give you $10 in your first deposit to try them out. Uh, sorry, will give you $10 free to try them out, plus match your first deposit up to $100, uh, 100% Swagger. Daily fantasy football for all fankind. So we had mentioned Romeo Dobbs last week. Obviously, the touchdown ruined what would have been a massive day for him. That was mm-hmm. one of the top picks we pushed. Devontae Parker. The fumble, too, but I don't think he'll lose the uh, trust just yet. Yeah, because and Rodgers actually simply don't have the yeah, options. It was Rodgers that, that took the blame, for, mm-hmm. and which I agree that that was a, a bad throw by him. Devontae Parker, not so much. KJ Asmore, not so much. George yeah. Pickens was mentioned last week. Maybe you're proactive mm-hmm. on it because this week he is going to be a prime target. And then there was Michael Gallup, who scored a touchdown in his return. Uh, you have Traylon Burks, who's been a little bit injured with a turf toe, but been so fine so far. And Zay Jones with the, the random thing that happened last week with his playing time, surprise, inactive. I mentioned George Pickens, and I mentioned wide receivers I like overall. This is my top pickup this week. We saw it in the preseason with Kenny Pickett, uh, and we saw it again in the regular season here 
George Pickens was the primary person for Kenny Pickett, who is now our starting quarterback for the Steelers. Absolutely. Uh, I think Pickens has a lot of talent. Um, the reason he fell mm-hmm. from the draft. I mean, catch of the year. Yeah. Right? Already, a couple yeah, weeks yeah, back, yeah, you know, yeah, so you Odell, can see that it's sure. evident. Yeah. And like those things, I think can be kind of fluky at times. Obviously you have to be mm-hmm. talented to do that, but like yep. also insanely lucky. So I don't, I don't, mm-hmm. Do that, but you know you have much. to have that ability in you. If you have a rookie quarterback, is that's going to just throw the ball up to you and trust you to beat your man, right? And you can see that he has the ability to do that in plenty of adversity. We had the swagger read. I think Pickens has swagger as a receiver, and I don't know if that can be understated. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, there were some maturity issues that caused him to fall down. He's in the one place where I would trust maturity, maturity issues to be figured out in yep. Pittsburgh. Like oh, I, absolutely, Pickens is going to be a guy that I think is wide receiver three at minimum rest of the season. He only had four targets with Pickens. Mm-hmm. I get that. But that passing attack has been bad overall. Yeah. I like him more than Deontay Johnson, Claypool. Fryermuth is maybe the only other one. I think George yeah. Pickens is a guy that I'm spending mm-hmm. as much of my waiver wire yeah. as I can to get. And I don't know. Okay, so Juju Smith-Schuster made some interesting comments this week about how he's learned more offense in Kansas City than the entirety of the four years in Pittsburgh. And I don't know if that's a, you know who exactly that's a knock on, but it actually makes me think, well, maybe the offense is simple that a rookie can catch on and be super involved early. So that actually – Makes me feel good about Pickens. Now, if you look at the target distribution last week, that also makes me feel good about Pickens. Only four targets for Deontay Johnson, which is wild considering you had two quarterbacks that used to force feed Deontay the ball. Obviously, Tomlin's going to find a way to get him more involved in the game plan. I don't. I, I'm not quite as ready to sell on Johnson as you are, and I might even consider buying low um, after this week. But four targets is concerning, and then only two car- targets for Claypool, who not only finished without a catch, but he had what a six inch height advantage on the DB that they threw the ball up to him. And then he kind of batted it up and that ball got picked, you know, for a, for a Come pick that Packers, wasn't Claypool. We'll, we'll treat you. Better. Yes. We'll treat you much better than that <laughs> in green Bay. So, um, but yeah, so the target distribution, obviously Fryer Muth getting a huge part of that, the raw skills and the chemistry with Pickett make uh Pickens arguably one of your top wide receiver pickups. Yeah. I said, I'm not, I'm not going to actually blow my whole, fab budget on i would if pickens was available and i needed a wide receiver threes for stakely for example 14 teams mm-hmm. but in shallower benches i've been starting with the likes of deandre carter yep. and noah brown i know noah brown has been fine mm-hmm. i i if pickens was available i don't think he is yeah. i would be spending like 18 to 22 percent okay. so i spent 33 percent on garrett wilson two weeks ago in a 10 team league and um so this is a tough one would you rather have pickens over garrett wilson if you're in that situation Mm, they're close they're they're really close they're very close i I don't know if i'd make that move necessarily but i think the fab estimate is good you mentioned noah brown from the cowboys i think that means we have to talk a little bit about michael gallup he's still only 41 percent rostered so plenty of availability we've been mentioning gallup every single week um as a pickup and get ready to go now noah brown was more productive but it was Michael Gallup that scored the touchdown. Two catches on three targets, 24 yards, and a score. That's certainly encouraging. I think he'll work his way back into the point where he's the wide receiver, too, in this offense. And CeeDee Lamb will continue to dominate or to, to warrant most of the, the attention, and rightfully so. But um, Gallup's been rostered in my 10 team league. I think he needs to be rostered across the board here because uh, I've always been a believer in him, and he looks like he's recovered. And, um, you know, of course, eventually we're going to go back to Dak. It looks like Cooper rushed this week because Dak can't quite grip the football yet was the last report we had on him. So um, he's somebody that, uh, you know, I, I, obviously the ceiling goes up when Dak's the quarterback, I believe, despite the success that Cooper Rush has had. So Gallup, I actually put down as my first option there, but uh, I could 
you, I think you've talked me into maybe making Pickens the number one receiver option. Yeah, honestly, for what it's worth, Noah Brown, I would have thought would struggle with Gallup returning. He had six targets still again. He, mm-hmm. Like he is Cooper Rush's favorite target. So I think as- that's an ease into the game plan scenario for Gallup, though. Yeah. I, I haven't, Jerry, he hasn't put out the uh, wide receiver pass catching snap breakdowns yet, but I'm going to be very interested to look at that. Yeah, I, I, I actually was thinking I was going to have to drop him, but 45 offensive snaps, 48 the week before. Like it's, mm-hmm. He's still a factor so long as uh, Cooper Rush is your starting quarterback. Yet I'm Ron St. Brown is kind of one of those, not surprise inactives, but mm-hmm. uh, came out of nowhere. It feels like at least yeah. for people. We who weren't are expecting him, it at the time we recorded on Tuesday. Right. That would have been great if we'd have known because Josh Reynolds ended up doing pretty mm-hmm. well. Now that was a weirdly incredible shootout between the Seahawks and Lions, uh, which mm-hmm. just would have. Scorigami, if that's your thing. I oh, think 48 to 45, it was the first game in NFL history that's like that. I feel like that's yeah, that fe- I, I, didn't, I didn't think that that seemed too out of, out of the ordinary, but 93 points hasn't been a thing in the NFL for all that long. So I, I guess I understand. Uh, I, I don't I don't believe it's Josh Reynolds' time unless we know for certain St. Brown's out again. Mm-hmm. And even still, Lions' much more difficult matchup this week. You would put down on the rundown, Jameis Williams grabbing stash. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So I think, I mean, there's clearly room for a wide receiver too in this offense um, when Amon Ra is healthy. And Jameson Williams, again, it's the great unknown. Will he play around week eight? Will he not? Um, I think that Jamison Williams, if he is healthy, I mean, he's probably the highest rated, like graded receiver out of this draft class, or if not one of them. And obviously the only, you know, the issue is the injury here that he's coming back from. And um, I think that he has a chance to step in and uh, take over wide receiver two in this offense. And we know with how the defense is playing um, there's there, and how golf is apparently resurged, um, you know, having to play catch up or, or continue to compete in these shootouts. Um, I think there's room for someone like Jamison Williams to be productive over the likes of Reynolds, over the likes of DJ Shark. So that's interesting. But again, obviously, he's not someone that helps your team right now. He's one of those guys that you're making the most out of your bench spots. If you're comfortable with your starters, you have high upside young guys and not necessarily your boring Jarek McKinnon types, you know, uh, are on your team. So I uh, threw him on there. Um, we also have to think about the Giants receivers. And again, with the quarterback situation, with the London situation, I don't know what's going on this week, but Darius Tony's 27% rostered. Wandale Robinson is 4% rostered. And the offense against the Bears, who, you know, as bad as the team is, the defense is at least somewhat respectable at times. The offense was weird because they ran the ball 44 times. They only threw the ball 16 times, which resulted in no pass catcher for the Giants seeing three or more targets. And obviously, when you're that's going to happen this week too against the Packers mm-hmm. run defense. When you're yeah, when your leader is uh, Daniel Bellinger at three for twenty three, uh, that's not a good sign. You know the Richie James, David Sills. I, I've seen oh, it, I start I've James seen those guys picked up in some leagues. It's just not going to work out. I think you're better off biding your time with Tony or Robinson because those will be the guys. Clearly, it's not Galladay uh, who's going to. I guess he's. Maybe he'll avoid the Boo Birds in London this week, but uh, you know, complaining about his role, then stepping into the greatest opportunity, and you know, not doing a whole lot with that. Now, granted, he was only targeted one time, but um, you know, I think obviously Galladay's a safe drop if you were thinking maybe his role would expand. For what it's worth, I've been telling the chat to drop Kadarius Tony. Uh, it's generally ten or twelve team ones. Yeah, so he have we for the last couple of weeks. <laughs> Tony has been on our drop list because yes. he had didn't not much of a role when he's healthy, but obviously the circumstances change with Shepard out for the season. So, you know, he comes back into play because as we saw last year, there's some skill there. 
Um, I want to mention one. I, I, I swiped this one from the sneaky ads video that Alan and Jeff do uh, early in the week on Mondays. They they relay. It's like a five, six minute video. They throw sneaky ads in there. Did they put and Philip Lindsay in? They should have they should have grabbed that one for me. That would be the sneaky That's ad, the wouldn't it? Yeah, but um, one that Alan mentioned was Corey Davis, only 25% rostered, led the Jets in targets, um, you know, with seven. And obviously you have Elijah Moore and you have Garrett Wilson there. Um, but Alan likes to point out that Corey Davis is the highest paid receiver on this team. He's uh, he's making the money and uh, maybe Zach Wilson seems to have some chemistry there. So he's an interesting ad. He's not a crazy, exciting ad, but he's somebody that, uh, you know, if uh, if you need a wide receiver three and are really desperate, you can get away with that. Um, another quick hitter here. We talked about Jamison Crowder carted off the field. I didn't look. He might be out for the season. He wasn't really a fantasy guy either way. Um, and also Isaiah McKenzie left with a concussion. So Isaiah McKenzie is only 40% rostered. I ended up picking him up quite a bit. Um, last week, I even started him in one league because, uh, as we got to the later parts of the week, Gabe Davis wasn't really practicing Mm -hmm. necessarily. So, uh, um, you know, again, and there's a little bit of an unknown factor that I like with uh, McKenzie too, because some people there were believers before the season, not many of them out there. I was definitely wasn't one of them, but some thought that McKenzie could outproduce Davis. I mean, Davis's draft value got inflated based on the last ten games, but you know, if you look at the overall body of work last season, McKenzie's wasn't far off. It's the best offense in the league, in my opinion. I think McKenzie uh, is worth an add, but of course, we'll have to get him cleared from concussion protocol. And if we end up with a situation where Crowder's out, which we know McKenzie's out, uh, and Gabriel Davis is limited, uh, then Khalil Shakir is next on the list here, obviously for the deepest of leagues in your NFFC leagues. But, um, you know, the wide receiver two, three in this offense, there's some room to be productive if opposing defenses decide that 100% we're not letting Stefan Diggs beat us, which uh, has happened, you know, from time to time. So those are some names to think about. Hopefully we got you a lot of, you know, for a variety of different leagues. Um, did you have anything else to add before I'll, checking I'll on just cuts? I- interject uh, with the Khalil Shakir. We are disciples of Mario Puig, who is one of our top uh, rookie and dynasty analyst guys here mm-hmm. at Vertaware. He loves Khalil Shakir. That was a guy yeah. he loved a lot. I think it was a four three forty, like super blazing uh, so speed. So I, like I said, disciple of Mario. If Mario likes Khalil Shakir, that's always something to consider. Um, they play the Steelers this week, too, a lot mm-hmm. of the top five. I think it's the, yep. the sixth or seventh most. You think anyone has him in our person. Dynasty League, or are we getting in a bidding war for him? Uh, I think so. have to have somebody. Because yeah. Mario is in our Dynasty League. Yeah, so I'm pretty exactly. sure that's, that's a possibility. Mm-hmm. But So cuts get interesting with wide receivers here. Um, I think it's safe to cut Greg Dortch from the Cardinals because his role is essentially going back to Rondale Moore, who, by the way, is 18% rostered. Um, Hollywood Brown's been a top 10, maybe top five receiver this year, obviously without uh, DeAndre Hopkins. So Rondell Moore is interesting because of the ways he gets used. If their injury prone backs go down, um, Moore could even get carries. Um, But I think the utility definitely goes down a little bit when DeAndre Hopkins comes back. So I'm not as high as on adding Rondell Moore, but I could definitely see Dorch being a cut. Also, of course, looking to Tampa Bay, Evans, Godwin, Julio, they're all back. So Russell Gage, who we liked a couple weeks ago, given the situation, Russell Gage, Cole Beasley, if you threw a flyer out on him, I think those guys can go back to the wire too. Oh, I was going to say, I had to look at what Gage's stuff. I have this uh, bet with Alan Sadlowski, who scores more fantasy points of the year. Alan Lazard or Russell Gage, I got spotted a zero right in week one with Alan Lazard out. I think we're getting a little bit closer now. Uh, mm-hmm. Although the Packers sure try to make that tough with Gage having an insane day uh, last week. All right. 
we have plenty of questions that I'm trying to answer, Jake, as we're doing this throughout, but uh, we're going to get to the tight ends in just a second. Football is officially back, a monkey knife fight with all the NFL action you're looking for. Enough college football is more of your speed. Well, we got plenty of that too. A monkey knife fight, there's no sharks, no salary caps, no math. It's just easy to play, easy to win. Daily fantasy player props. Join now at monkeyknifefight.com and you get first game, get your first game free, and then use promo code RWNFL to get your first deposit matched instantly up to one hundred dollars. So what are you waiting for? Join monkeyknifefight.com. We've had a lot of different questions about Tyler Conklin related stuff. Obviously, I think Conklin mm-hmm. at this point has far exceeded our fifty percent threshold yeah. because he has been force fed the mm-hmm. ball, getting zero zero yardage. Yeah. But this is like the Dalton Schultz, but worse scenario. Yeah, currently. we had mentioned Friar Muth a ton. I looked; he's eighty nine percent rostered. I made the mistake of dropping him for I, not a mistake. I dropped him for David Njoku. Yeah, you're doing so. Fine I think with I'm Njoku, doing fine with sure. Njoku, but I actually had overlooked the fact that Conklin was only forty two percent rostered. And I think that um, he's arguably the top tight end pickup over these guys that we're going to talk about this week because, um, I mean, I wrote down some some rough names here. I wrote, I wrote down Logan Thomas because he was good once and he had six targets. He's only 24% rostered. Uh, listen, that's what we're going with. I wrote sure. down I wrote down Mo Ali Cox, who's only 5% rostered. We've discussed him before. He's all or nothing, right? You get his red zone looks, not going to really help you between the 20s. He's a rebounder. He's a VCU basketball center, um, you know, Matt Ryan feels comfortable throwing the ball up to him in the red zone. And they've done that with some success. He got two touchdowns last week, but those are all going to be balanced out by zero point weeks. So you take your risk there. Um, you know, on the Colts, Kyle Granson, four for 62. Um, OJ Howard had a couple, two, five targets, two catches for 27. Tommy Tremble, three of six targets for 34. I mean, I'm writing these guys down, but obviously Conklin's your top pickup uh, if you can. And if you're, how many? Uh, listen, I, I don't, I don't have access to the stream right now. I'm not looking at it, but I'm sure we're getting questions, or I've seen questions out there about: Do I drop or bench Pitts for Tyler Conklin? Oh God, uh, we not only had that, we had a trade one, which ended up being a very bad trade, and not mm-hmm. worth discussing on here. Uh, very one sided, but yes, I. It was essentially Conklin was more valued than Kyle Pitts in the mm-hmm. trade. I have a lot of Kyle Pitts. I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm not going to yeah. go down to that level for Tyler. I, 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 you know, I didn't end up with as much Kyle Pitts as, um, you know, as a lot of people. And, uh, it was pretty, I think I ended up limiting it to best ball because everyone has been so high on him and it got to the point where the price didn't match up, but I am at this stage of the game, more likely to try to buy low than I am to cut or even bench him for somebody. I mean, if you have Conklin or Njoku or one of those guys, yeah, you can make that swap. I understand, but I'm more interested to see what he does um, with the running backs hurt with a potential quarterback change on the horizon. There are so many variables that I can't imagine uh, he's going to stay down for this long. I want to, there's actually a great question for you specifically, Jake, that I want to get to, but let's hit the kickers and defenses real quick from a mm-hmm. streamer perspective. Uh, Colts against the Broncos. Interesting because the Colts offense isn't very good. You could easily say, mm-hmm. ah, start the Broncos defense. That's yep. one out there. Mm-hmm. Vikings against the Bears. That has to be the top waiver wire yeah. starting option. Yeah, that's Vikings, my that's the Jerry choice. Defense, right? And uh, the Vikings have been solid. They're the home team and they get Justin Fields. It's as simple as that. Justin Fields has the lowest um, passing yards prop last week in the history of the FanDuel Sportsbook, I believe. So, um, you know, that, that pretty much tells you where the public's looking there. I threw out the Dolphins at the Jets, threw out the Jags home against the, the Titans or the Texans. There are options there, but chances are you're starting who you have or if you're already streaming, you look at the Vikings as your team. All right, so here's the question. I know you're excited for this one, Jake. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been teasing it so much. Who would you drop first, Jarvis Landry or Russell Gage? Um. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh boy. Jake, Jake has Jarvis Landry in a stakely team. I always, I've actually dropped Jarvis. I'm sure you have, I've dropped strong. I've dropped Jarvis Landry but you guys in, good week one performance. in a 14 team league. I've dropped him already in my 10 team league. Um geez. That's a really tough call because both of them are droppable. I, I could see dropping both of them to try to get receivers this week. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, I yeah. guess I'd drop Landry first um, on the off chance that because, uh, you know, Godwin's been – Godwin and Julio are both injury prone at this at this stage. I think it's safe to say that. So if one or both of those guys end up sitting in the game, then Gage is definitely back in play. Whereas the Saints offense, one, is not very good. Um, and Chris Olave, no matter who's at quarterback, is dominating the targets mm-hmm. over there. You know, so that definitely limits the upside there. And uh, what I mean, so Landry, did, did he play this week in two London? Two catches for seven yards, yes. And that was if he gets two catches for seven yards in a game without Michael Thomas, um, I think that's enough to uh, to go ahead and drop Landry first. Yeah, he, you know, we got the use out of him early on, but um, I think Olave is emerging. I'm starting Olave in a ten team league pretty much every single week. He's a guy I like him, um, and Michael Thomas will pretty much cut out any Jarvis Landry role after that. Now, Jameis comes back and is maybe gets healthier. That could be a little bit more encouraging for uh, Landry, but also at the same time, Jameis gave Olave, what, 13 targets or something like that in the week before uh, the London game this week. So um, while Landry was a good plug-and-play early on when they needed guys with experience, I think the other the cream is rose to the top over there with the Saints. And my number three overall dynasty pick, Chris Olave, right? That's the league that we mm-hmm. I traded uh, trade Justin Fields. I got Lamar Jackson and yeah. Olave in that deal. It's looking pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. All right, that does it for us in the RotoWire NFL podcast, week five edition of the show. Again, you can follow us at uh, you can follow me at JB Fantasy Sports, JB Fantasy Sports on Twitter, or more importantly, Jake at Roto Jake. If you have any questions for Jarvis Landry, Russell Gage drops like that. You can pose those to him there. Uh, we'll be back again next week. Get me set for the first edition of bye weeks. Uh, yes, you unfortunately have to prepare for that. And uh, good blessings to the London traveling. And hopefully AJ Dillon chooses to uh, edit his sleep schedule as opposed to what we've been discussing, sir. So uh, best of luck to your fancy lamps, everyone. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.